It's not every day that we get to talk about dead babies, but that's exactly what we're going to do today when we talk about the unsettling, unnerving, and eerie program that is Servant. Yes, this was created by M. Night Shyamalan, and it stars Toby Kebbell and Lauren Ambrose. And I believe it's a continual story, right? Like, it, it, season one wasn't its own thing. You mean it's not an anthology? Yeah, it, can, it continually goes on, correct? Yeah. So just tell us, like, kind of with what you remember from season one, where did it end off? I'll get into that, but first I wanted to ask about M. Night Shyamalan. Like, isn't he busy with movies right now? Not really. In fact, I think that his big passion is this project, so much so that his daughter directed two episodes and wrote four of them. How old's his daughter? Is it like a four-year-old daughter? I think she just, well, (laughs) it's funny you say that because he said that she's been like waiting for this ever since she was four. Uh, She just graduated from film school, so I believe she's 23. And also, he was originally... a little bit of nepotism. Well, yeah, but he was originally not like intending to do that much with this show just pitch it and kind of let the networks do their own thing but then he kind of really grew into it so much so that he has season three and season four planned out um starting all the way back with july 12 2020 when uh, the pandemic was going on so while season one was being shot he didn't think he was going to be that like yeah, interested didn't. in the story yeah that he signed up for yeah but then like he ended up directing it and really kind of fell in love with it and it, this both times that the show has been renewed, it's been renewed before the season started. Season two was renewed before season one. Season three has already been renewed. Uh, this joins other shows like For All Mankind, Dickinson, and Ted Lasso, which have all already been renewed for season three on Apple TV+. I am starting to sense an Apple tone when I watch a show. Like, it does feel, even though Dickinson's a comedy, like, the maybe it's the filter that they use or the camera work, but it does feel like it's distinct. Well, the show has gotten acclaim for kind of the grotesque setting that it has and like unsettling vibe. Did you feel that in any of the three episodes that you watched? Well, I've seen the entire show. So yeah, there are elements of, usually it's when the cooking happens. Like there was a scene where they had to kill the fish before they cooked it or grosser yet when they made the placenta into food, like because the guy's a chef and one of the ongoing like things that's happening to him because he's a bad dude in some respects the toby kebbell character uh, yeah sean yeah sean sorry julian's the brother um yeah he he is unable to taste and he has leprosy in a way people were asking he can't feel things now well people were asking if this like had anything to do with covid and when covid initially hit it had six episodes in the can so this was all before that and then the last four episodes were pretty easy to film because they got back on track because this has a limited cast are you talking about the second season yeah so we're not even into those episodes yet i think they've only released these three the next one's coming out on friday Mm -hmm. yeah and then it's going to be released weekly at that time do you think that that's a smart way to go about it or do you think these should all be released at one time for like people to binge it's the same as a lot of other shows apple's done this the entire time um the, the you wanted me to go into like last season's finale mm-hmm. uh what happened was that leanne basically took the baby that she had brought with her or that she had res- resurrected from the dead because they the whole premise of the show if people aren't aware is that dorothy the mom's character had lost a baby um we kind of get the re- reveal of that by the end of the first season as to why she lost it she kind of had postpartum de- depression mm-hmm. and so she was responsible for that but in order to cope with her depression she ends up forgetting that jericho the baby died and so she gets this kind of therapy doll mm-hmm. and she starts believing that the therapy doll is her actual baby and that's when they hire the nanny to come in sort of leanne is is just brought in off 
the street kind of she has a resume but people don't know much about her and then uh, toby kevill's character he fills her in on what's going on and she agrees to take on the responsibility however then the baby just becomes real and it's starting to mess with like um both sean and julian who is played by ron weasley uh, yeah um, rupert grind grind um yeah so both of them are kind of like where did this baby come from did the nanny bring it did uh what is what is leanne hiding and so they think it's her baby and that she's trying to just like sneak it into their house but then they do like research on her and found out that her parents died and then we get some real shady information about this cult that she sort of follows and then by the end of the season some of those cult members show up at the house and they kind of lecture leanne for trying to help this family and then they take the baby and leanne and disappear this kind of reminds me of the boy that starred maggie from the walking dead it was a movie that came out in 2016 um but a show like this as mentioned it doesn't have a lot of people so you have to really care about the characters is there a lot of chemistry on the show is the acting good the acting's good it gets a little labor intensive though sometimes because the characters are sort of hard to root for their decisions don't necessarily make a lot of sense like Sean's character is definitely more sympathetic than Dorothy's. We've been given a lot of backstory with Dorothy over the last couple episodes, but she's a pretty hard character to root for because despite all the bad stuff that's happened to her, a lot of it is just her own selfishness. And especially in the last episode, we see that she can be pretty vindictive. So is she like the antagonist? In a way, but they all sort of are just weird people. Like, Julian is definitely haunted by something. He's supposed to be very self-absorbed, right? They're all self-absorbed. Very much so. Sean, Sean and Julian, though, I've seen that their relationship... like They're the both trying they, to help Dorothy. So that's of, that's a way that they're selfless. But at the same time, they're not afraid to lie to Dorothy. Well, I know between them, they have what some articles have described as a breaking bad relationship. Like between Jesse Pinkman and Walter White, the bickering that they kind of have. It's interesting because Julian, as Sean's brother-in-law, does feel like his friend at this point. Probably the closest thing that Sean has to a friend at least from what we see on the TV show, probably because of this tragedy with the kid. I know Rupert Grant had just said he actually just had a kid. So he said that this filming it was like the worst thing that a parent could do because, again, what's the subject what matter? What a parent could do or what he could do? Like a parent to watch this show, it would be like a, Does a he feel thing. awkward making the show? Yeah. Oh, interesting. And I know that the... It's weird because the weirdest scene also... They, they don't always horrify you in the same way with this show it's not like they just show you gruesome scenes or anything but for instance leanne is supposed to be this 18 year old innocent person but like throughout the first season she uses her own sexuality sometimes to get ahead mm -hmm. and at one point she basically intimidates rupert grind's character but in this kind of like cringy way because it's he, she's 18 and he's at this point like 30 right something. Hey, was it supposed to be comedic because the show is supposed to be actually no. like a horror comedy does any of the comedy work yeah the comedy works though but it's it's again that banter that you were talking about like between julian and sean more so than the scenes that are supposed to like it, it's very um divided like there's not they don't mix the two right yeah it's not mesh. too often it's, uh, yeah like it's never like a scary moment that you are also laughing at Unless it's like when the baby hits its head and it's actually the doll or something. Yeah, in the first episode. I know that uh, M. Night Shyamalan wanted to have a lot of comedy in the show. And also, he's no stranger to making fun of himself. In 2004, when The Village came out. Oh, I can tell you hour. another comedy moment that was in the first oh, three episodes. Right, yeah. 
So, like, in the third episode, they're trying to find Leanne this whole time because she has who they assume is to be Jericho. And the wife is more so trying to find him because Dorothy is, like, under this complete devotion to the idea that if her kid dies, that she will then die. So, and Sean is just kind of trying to appease that, but he's not really looking for the kid because he doesn't want to bring it to the cops' attention that they even had a child that was alive in their house that they shouldn't have had. So they make this fake restaurant called Jesus Crust. Yeah, Um, I read about this and the, yeah. Yeah, but just the name Jesus Crust because they're trying to appeal to this really uh, religious group of outfits. And like you said, Sean's a chef, so that's the whole entire reason. Yeah, they incorporate food a lot. Less so in the first two episodes. I felt like they were trying to sort of force it in the first two episodes, but by the third episode, they were back to doing what they did in the third season, which was kind of like make it part of the story itself flow into it the way that he is constantly trying to mess with or fuse things in the, his dishes right and you said yourself M. Night Shyamalan he only shows up for one episode right yeah but that would have been the first season so I don't even remember I know that uh, with like the glass series that I kind of did I think it's the Unbreakable series actually in Unbreakable he played a drug dealer in Glass he played like a cop and a lot of fans were like well this doesn't make sense if they take place in the same world why would there be such a turn so when I glass came out oh sorry i meant split but so when glass came out he like had to end up like actually giving a story to that character so when he made his cameo like his character explains kind of what happened to him so i find well that's my fear of this show is that it doesn't have enough of a plan for where it's going it's introducing a lot of questions but i don't want it to fall into the lost section initially initially m night Shyamalan said they want to make it 60 episodes um over six seasons but again when uh, the pandemic hit he really took the time to make season three and season four like really scoped it out and uh again you could be i seen- hope so because i'm i'm waiting for an unsatisfying resolution like while i'm watching it sort of meander through its plots i'm i'm constantly questioning whether or not it's going to be able to because it doesn't introduce a ton of questions or anything but it kind of makes the mystery so much worse like if this does not resolve in a good way it's going to be such a waste of time yeah it would it's a slow burn right yeah, but very slow, and you have to believe that it's going somewhere, that something means something. Because right now, again, that cliffhanger is just the baby being taken, the baby being brought back, and it's it's a lot of herky-jerky back and forth to the I, audience. Yeah, I know that whenever I was like listening to actors and in their interviews for this show, Neil Tiger Free was talking about how you were going to get a lot of unravelings this season, especially about her character and the backstory. Uh, Rupert Grind was even talking about the fact that you're really going to see just how self-absorbed Julian is and uh, Toby Keppel was saying this was more he was just kind of being nice to everyone but he was saying that like even when they came back after the pandemic hit that like on the set it just seemed like there was like a lot of stuff happening and he was really excited for people to see uh, this season I mean that just sounds like normal talk talk that you yeah. do for a show it doesn't sound like anything special we mentioned um, the, this in the second episode for instance they bring back Roscoe who Roscoe who was in the first season as a PI who was supposed to be tailing sort of the cult members and also Leanne to yeah. make sure everything was going right and he just disappears off the map after the cult sort of catches him and then he just reappears in this episode having been sort of brainwashed by the cult into forgetting all the time that he was gone and he was actually with the baby for a little bit of the time and they have to bring in someone who does hypnosis to like get him to expunge that it, it's it takes place all in like one setting though right like for the most part 
Because what basically I, the apartment that they live in, yeah. They shoot it on a soundstage, and again, it's mostly for people. But I know that some of the even the reviewers who a lot of them end up liking this season, season one, say that they wish that it was more expansive and they could go outside, kind of like the Purge two, where it's like the Purge people were like, oh, why couldn't they go outside? Because there could be more stuff going on. So, so for the Purge two, they made it outside. They want to do this. So in the first season, similar. when they went to, and tried to find um, Leanne's like backstory and whatever, they travel to. They usually use like zoom phones and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah. in order to show you the outside premises you very rarely see them just walking outside it's always through some social media app um but then they they kind of introduce it and they show you the graveyard that that leanne's parents lived in or whatever and that she supposedly died in where the fire was but then you don't get much more than that so it felt it, they keep on flirting with all these ideas and then like this year we're seeing a lot of like um YouTube videos where the cult members are self-flagellation, I think is what it's Mm -hmm. called, where you whip yourself in the back. Yeah, right. Like the Da Vinci Code guy. Um, And at one point, you're supposed to believe that these people have a supernatural ability to bring people back from the dead. But at the other hand, you're supposed to think that they're just mad and crazy and that they're like ultra, they're even like witches, that they're evil. Because right now, Sean has been cursed. Because he, again, can't feel, he can't taste, he can't hear. And sometimes he picks out, like, pieces of wood from his mouth. So he has so he has three uh, three senses. Oh, and we did see, sorry, Leanne, bring someone, bring a creature back to life. I think it so was, like, a mouse or something. So, the, I mean, obviously with the baby storyline, but there's, like, a big sense of fantasy in this show. Not right. fantasy, it's just supernatural eeriness, again. But you don't know if it's for a good reason. Like, do these people really work for a higher power that is not a demon? Because <laughs> it feels like it's a bad thing, obviously, with the tone of the show. But it, at the same time, how do you end this show in a way that doesn't upset people? Yeah, no, I mean that's that's a good that's a good way of putting it. I know that we mentioned the imagery, and that's the, it, that's the thing that a lot of the reviewers have said as well. Because a lot of them have gone off on the writing. They say that everything else in the show works, except the writing just it doesn't actually pick up. And even though the season one finale, a lot of reviewers like they said that's the only time when something actually ends up happening. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I just want answers. <laughs> I mean, I'm tired of sort of the same backstory. I think I'm tired of backstories of how much you can show of Dorothy struggling with uh, the kid that she almost had. Like, we got a whole second one. We, we learned how the kid died to begin with, but we got this whole second one where she wasn't allowed to leave her bed because, um, like, the uterus, like, she, she had to be really careful with herself. And then she ended up going downstairs because there was a fire alarm. And then Sean comes in and the first thing he says is not, hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? It's like, why did you come downstairs? So again, everybody's selfish. So they might be in their own like hellscape, you know, but that's just a theory. There's like a bunch of different theories out there as to why we're supposed to understand these illogical decisions that each one of these guys makes. So that's, the only one that's, who seems in, innocent is, for instance, Toby, who, again, is the assistant of Sean's, who is played by the guy from Spider-Man and also um, the Wes Anderson movie. And to give you another example of like an illogical decision, he's the one that they choose to send to deliver the pizza at the place that they think where, where Leanne is. And it made no sense. Like Rupert Grind shows up in an outfit that he wore to the opera. So they were like, you can't wear that. 
So change outfits. <laughs> like they have other clothes there. And obviously what you're trying to do right now is infiltrate this. You don't want to send someone who doesn't know what's going on there. But that's exactly what they do. And then they have him kidnap her and bring her back. Um, basically threatening to call the cops on him otherwise. So that's where we get the cliffhanger. This this cliffhanger felt more serious than almost the one from last season. Um, and they, and the cult and also knows how to disappear at whim, too. Yeah, I know that they picked up from where they left off last season as well. Knowing M. Night Shyamalan's career <laughs> with things like The Happening, and it, it, a lot of his movies end with stuff being up in the air. Right, yeah. And I don't want that to be the case here. Like I want you to, want actual I, conclusions. Yeah, I want to find out exactly why this group is the way they are, and why they would send Leanne to go work at a new house because that's where they find her when they deliver the pizza. It's working for a new family when the whole point of bringing her back last season was that she was supposed to be one of them, one of the cult members. Yeah. So I, why would they? Why would she just go off to work somewhere else? Again, it seems like a lot of the. the I'm asking it to you as if you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know that uh, Apple TV also, you saw a lot of iPhones and iPads because one complaint I read was that there's a lot of product placement for this Apple TV show that shows a lot of like Macs and other things. Did you pick up on that? No, but I'm like ingrained with Apple stuff myself. So the director of photography has been on one big show before. I have four guesses. I want to see if you can pick which one is correct. Um, there's Haunting at Hill House, American Horror Story, Better Call Saul, and, uh, Ted Lasso. Um, okay, so, the third one. American Horror Story, and then what was after that? Better Call Saul. Yes, that one. Better Call Saul. Yeah, you got it right. Yeah. The other one's just, the timing doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but I find it strange that they would decide to choose someone like that rather than someone who's actually working on Well, someone on working on Haunting before. is going to still be working on Haunting. Someone working on Ted Lasso is still going to be working on Ted Lasso. And then what was the uh, American Horror Story? This doesn't really resemble that at all, even though the, they're both supposed to so what, both have horror sort of in the name. So what show or movie would you say this most closely resembles? Again, Apple's got its own distinct thing going right now. This is, I go from liking the show, like certain scenes, and again, the characters are cool. Sean's scenes with the food are always kind of entertaining <laughs> for their own thing. Um, we haven't seen a lot of uh, Leanne again this season, but I assume that we're going to get some answers next episode, so I'm hopeful for that. That's what her character's promising. I don't think that people are that big a fan of Dorothy. I don't, I don't see why people would but be. But she's like point. the main character, right? She's what the whole entire show is about. So. She's the first build character. If um, she doesn't work, then... It's not that she doesn't work. It's just that if she's playing a villain, she's sort of doing a good job at it. You're, it but I'm afraid that we're supposed to at some point see Sean as more of a villain than her, but they haven't done a good enough job at painting him as that makes sense yeah it, this has the season two has 85 percent on Rotten tomatoes and season one had an 83 both are certified fresh but apparently this season a lot of people like more than last season as i said i really couldn't find a bad review it was just a lot about uh the actual story and how they feel like it's too slow in episode one we get a lot of grieving and reporting of what happened um they try to tell the police but sean does his best to try to cover it up that they even had a baby there to begin with then the second episode was about roscoe returning and then the third one was about finding uh leanne with the pizza place which is this whole connived contraption of like way in which they go about it 
instead of just trying to break into the house to see if anybody's there, they literally go through this whole effect of, of making their own pizza business. It, what are the chances that she'd actually been there? It, it doesn't make much sense. Well, they shoot these episodes really fast. Like, uh, M. Night Shyamalan likes the fact that these are only 30 minutes because he says they're able to get through them in a couple of days. So, did it, and... That I mean, I can of, see them shooting scenes back to back because it, it doesn't require anybody to really change their. Well, also, I understand look at that all. it's like pretty cheap, and if and usually when you make a horror film, it it's feels be high cheap. quality though, so, so that's nice. Well, yeah, I'm sure they have a budget, but I'm saying that like in terms of how fast he's able to move, I do find it funny that one of the lines they said about the people who lived in the big house with that they delivered pizzas to, they called them rich, but like they're living in mid city in this giant like I don't know four-bedroom apartment by themselves. One of them's just a reporter, and the other one's, like, this famous cook. And they don't really explain how um, Sean's career has gotten him that far or anything, but he apparently is, is like, a big deal. If you had to pick your favorite character with And they have a giant wine cellar, too, for, for like, no reason. That has a huge pit in the middle, and it's kind of, like, dripping. So there's something to do with that. There's, there's maybe. Do you think that it might I be? A, it might be one of those things where like it takes place in a different world, and you realize why it's always dripping or something like that. I don't know. I when you say fantasy, I think that like they're going to go in like a big, uh, like fantasy route. I just don't think people's decisions make sense in the show. They're cool to watch. It's it's an interesting tone, but I just can't put myself in their position and think, oh, that's what I would do. Will you will you continue to watch the rest of the season? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's it's not not a bad show, and it's kind of a fun one to quick binge if you have the time. Um, any other questions? No, that's bad. All right. Well, that was it for today's episode. Thanks for listening uh, to Servant, season two, episode one, two, and three. Bye.